Today's episode of the BS Podcast is brought to you by who else? SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor and favorite app for buying and selling tickets for sports and music. Go to SeatGeek.com slash BS to start using SeatGeek, our buddies. Don't forget to download the free SeatGeek app and our promo code BS. SeatGeek sends you $20 on your first purchase. Today's podcast is also brought to you by another one of our buddies, MeUndies.com, home of the world's most comfortable underwear. It's two times softer than cotton. I threw my old underwear out. It's gone. I'm a MeUndies man. MeUndies has dozens of styles and limited edition original prints. Save up to $8 per pair with a subscription shipping free, U.S. and Canada. MeUndies.com slash BS. 20% off your first order. And finally... Today's podcast is brought to you by my new website, The Ringer. Subscribe to our newsletter at theringer.com. We put out four this week. We are taking care of you, America. And we're off. Yeah. Clear enough for you. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, this podcast was a long time coming. Jay Glazer, a man of many hats. A man in many vocations. You touch a lot of lives. Wasn't you break stuff. You... you do MMA. You have a gym. You're training people. Then you're on Sundays. I, I can't keep track with you. Then you know, really wasn't until you offered me my 500 grand to come on here that I, you know, finally relented and under the table. Yeah, that's exactly right. How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing good. Good. Long I've time, always, buddy. I'm, I like it. I know. I like the digs here. This is nice. Yeah, Reminds me about my early days when I got kicked out of my first three colleges. This is nice. <laughs> I like it. Our studio is not built yet. Uh, what people at home don't know that we have the air conditioner. No, this out place is great. I, oh, it's un- I think I just saw Diddy walk past with like four <laughs> dancing girls, and then Usher was over here. Was that Bieber that he was over there with in your in your private basketball court? It was Bieber Jackson. It was Diddy, unbelievable. Diddy Jones. <laughs> His place is incredible, man. I just and I I think the farm animals is a good touch too. I like Thank this. Yeah, it's good. So you you showed me a picture. You just came from a place where Rob Gronkowski was, and you you threw me into a loop because that that's my dude. I mean, I'm well, Jim Giant Pats fan. So yeah. Gronk is there. Gronk is there. He's and ready for. He's getting ready for 2016. A little bitter taste in his mouth, maybe. No doubt. And well, not only that, we have Martellus Bennett also. So the two of them yesterday. We have Martellus Bennett. We have Martellus Bennett. So um, when we're sitting in there, he's like, oh, you know. Uh, I think I'm going over to New England. I said, yeah, you got two other teams that are interested in you also. And he's like, well, how the hell do you know this? I'm like, well, you're supposed to be telling me this. So it's kind of back and forth. But when you saw the two of them together, we're standing over there in the, our little front desk area, and you, you see him over there, and you're like, how the hell is anybody going to stop these guys? It's going to be Like, really, it's ridiculous. And Martellus is, look, I root for... I root for these guys. I, I'm not the type of guy who tries to use my pen as a weapon. And people used to say, oh, it's, he's not being objective. Yes, I am. You're not being objective if you, if you use your pen for a weapon, right? I just, it's just freaking football. Who gives a, we let a curse on yourself? Yes. Okay. Yes, we are. Who gives a flying shit? So I don't take myself too seriously at all, clearly, right? And I do, I root for these guys. I don't want to root for a guy. I don't want Johnny Manziel to fuck up his whole life. I don't want Martellus Bennett to. When Martellus came in, I said, hey, man. And he likes to joke around and play around and this and that. And he learned pretty quick because in our place, you know, we, we really run you and, and lift you and, and build you up. But everybody runs and lifts. So if you want to be great, what could you do that nobody else does? We use mixed martial arts. We use boxing. We use MMA. And it's me and Randy Couture and Chuck Liddell. And there's nobody better to teach you how to really do well in a game of violence than this crew. Um, and Martellus... So wait, so, so so wait, Gron- so Mar- how long has Gronk well, been well, there? So Mar- Martellus early on, yeah. he's kind of 
he's talking and yapping and talking and yapping. I'm looking at this guy. I'm going, how the hell does this guy not make more Pro Bowls? And then I realized he just he, he talks so much. But we put our hands on him so much. He's like, why do you guys keep doing this to me? We're like, well, you're the only dipshit who keeps talking. Right. And then once he kind of got into the flow, he was all in. And you know, funny because I talked to the Bears before they traded him. They said, oh, my gosh, he's really doing that well. I said, he is a different guy than the guy I knew who was always screwing around, having fun. He's in now. And you, you're so tired in this place, you don't have that much chance to really screw around. And when you saw the two of them together – and Gronk was looking go, oh, my God. And he was sweating all over the place, Martellus, and we are doing all this real violent hand-fighting stuff with him as he's attached these resistance cords. So he's running routes with resistance cords as he's trying to break my forearms, uh, trying to get off the line. And Gronk was like, okay, I think I'm in with this. And I, I don't Holy know if he called God. back there and said, hey, this guy's doing great or what, but you'd see the two of them. They're, they're both over six feet tall. I mean, six six. sorry. Everything's yeah. tall to me. Uh, they're both over six six. They're both in the 270, you know, 260, 270 they're, range. They're basketball. It's ridiculous. They're basketball, it's small forward, power forward. Thing. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. So I don't – where the where the Patriots have always been smart and smarter than most and where a lot of teams kind of get it wrong is, you know, obviously the GM and the head coach are pretty much the same thing. But what you want to do in this league is you, as a GM, get players that fit your coach's system. Don't get players that you think are great, but your coach doesn't think is great. Get players who fit your system. Obviously, Martellus fits that system. They can go back and do what they used to do before her, you know, Hernandez killed nine thousand people. Right, and that's allegedly. I think, well, that's what allegedly. they were hoping with uh, Scott Chandler last year, and he just didn't no. have it anymore. But they, when you have that second tight end, Brady loves mm -hmm. throwing the tight ends. Now mm -hmm. he's going to have two beasts. I always thought Bennett was super talented. I never, he is, I didn't know talented. if it was Cutler's fault or whose fault no. it was, but it well, never, he never seemed Cutler's to get fault. there. The thing with Bennett is he is um, he's almost, he's like a, a wide receiver. He acts like a yeah. receiver. You know, he gets diva-ish. And we talked about it, too. I am very blunt with these guys. We have this, again, this gym over here on Breakable Performance with me and, and Brian Urlacher and uh, Lindsey Berg, who's a three-time captain of the U.S. Olympic women's volleyball team, that we're trying to make like the Soho House of Training right up here. It's a pretty pretty cool thing. It's you got. I didn't get an invite. Absolutely, because I have no muscle in my body. Absolutely, you, you have a couple of. I've got, I have an athletic frame. You, you have an, yes, we call that. We call that. We skinny. don't have a name for that. Yet. Yeah. Okay. Um, but at any one point, you'll have in. You know, twenty-five NFL guys, five UFC fighters, but you'll have the Rockers there, and he'll be spotting the three hedge fund guys and Usher will be in there with a dancer and you'll have a bunch of women in there doing, you know, Muay Thai or, or boxing in a cryo chamber. We have PRP there. We have, we have I, an IV bar. You have the cryo chamber? Oh yeah. We go, we are very cutting edge and, and, but everybody's together. Whether you're my 65 year old, you know, Jewish boss or my, you know, we've got, we have women in there who are in their sixties and seventies. As long as you're successful and want to use, um, kind of the what made you successful and kind of share it with others you're in pretty cool little thing is that how you got into ballers because of uh the rock star oh, coming oh, to did gym? you notice that i was in ballers well i, I heard you're I, more prominently involved in I, the second season i am i've already won just you know this is not an hbo promo by the way i just heard you were in no in but for I, this season I, you're correct. actually have lines and stuff I, you're well, a I character. Lines in the first season too no which, but i by mean like way, you're in the stories now i have won i think i won two oscars for my Rendition last year. Stop I have a great-looking Jewish reporter with a huge <laughs> once. Um, I've won three Grammys, and for this year, I think they already gave me a Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah, there's no Grammys for acting. There are now. There are. That's how good I was. It. I was that good. Well, I got a Grammy, a couple Tonys. No, it was. And yeah, rock. So and now I, you're in. 
yeah, I'm in a, a lot this year. Um, and I know I'm good because I have like a couple fight scenes. I have a, a strip club scene. So You have a strip club oh, scene? Oh, you're damn right. 14 hours at a strip club. I just couldn't seem to get it right that day. <laughs> they had to do it over and Look over. More, and usually I'm money, but man. But it is funny. And, and I think my, my best value to a lot of my friends like, like Dwayne is I make him very immature. So it's like the dude factor, right? Life yeah. is my locker room. I have fun. If you take me seriously, you're an idiot. All right. For anybody who rips me, it's a, you're a moron. I take no. I am. Life is my locker room. Let's have some fun. And um, and yeah, he and I just get along great. Is The Rock more famous, just as famous, or less famous than I think he is? Um, more. But you know what? Too? That's how, that's how I feel like he's. It's unbelievable. I feel like he's one of the most famous people on the planet, the, and nobody the, really understands this. He was the biggest box office star last year. Had more yeah. money than anybody. But he, let me tell you what he does. He named, and this is why I love being around guys like this. And you know, Strahan and I have been since yeah, '93, since day one, right? But we grind and we grind and we we friggin' outwork the world and we, you know, use each other to help this and that and that. And people just look at you like, oh, suddenly you're successful. You got lucky. Fuck no, nobody gets lucky. We outworked everybody and we put ourselves in the right place at the right time by outworking the world that's the rack Dwayne does that is more than more than anybody and he he named his company seven bucks productions because when he started his it really started on this journey he had less than seven bucks in his pocket literally wow. I didn't know he, that he, he crapped out in the CFL said okay I guess I'm gonna go try pro wrestling and you know even that you got to try out and that, he had less than seven dollars in his pocket and the reason why he does so much and, and we talk about all this stuff is because he's just always afraid to go back to that. And that's, you got to love a guy like that. I'll tell you, I'm a, I'm a wrestling fan. Yeah. He's the best wrestler of all time. Is he? Yeah, because he was great in the ring, but also his promos right. and the way he could ad lib and, and all the, the stuff you have to do that's not wrestling. He was also like the best at that. And he's just not replicable. Like you knew he was going to transcend wrestling and do something else pretty early. When, when he, even if he wasn't this, this guy, He's the type of guy I'd want to be one of my closest friends. He is yeah. such a good human being. And he's also one of the type of guys that really pays it forward. He understands, hey, God has blessed him with this incredible life, and he's, he's now going to bless everybody else. And he does so much that we don't know about of visiting children. And it's, it's incredible how many lives he touches, and he's happy about it. You know a lot of celebs, you see them, and they're just full of shit. They got their publicists making sure they're doing right. something. He's Carefully not, arranged puff he pieces. He is not at all, man. Like, he really, every day to him is a happy day because where he is. It's it's really refreshing to be around. Were you training with Strahan in, like, the 2006, 2007 range a little bit? Were I training with him? Yeah. Were you, like, helping him be good at sports? We retired. I, I'm trying to decide how much to blame you for the Patriots Giants loss. Um, he actually, he I, was really good in that I game. Yeah, I trained him after uh, so that. I, I don't like you as much as no, I, I did trained him two after that. And, let me tell you about that game. Please don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it still hurts. No, tell me. Okay. Well, tell no, me. I'm, no. I'm just gonna brace emotionally. No. Right, tell me. Um, tell me about one of the worst days of my life. Please. Literally during the game, Strahan and and OC and Tuck and. They were getting after Tom so much, they thought they were getting set up. And they were actually holding them back. They're like, it, it can't be this easy. Something's wrong. They're billing them or suckering us. They're suckering us. And that's how much respect you have for Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Oh, They're God. like, this, it, no, it can't be this easy. But they were beating the hell out of the line. Yeah. And they were just having, running free on them. And they literally were holding back thinking they're getting rope-a-doped. And they would have had a ton of sacks in that like first Like George half. Foreman in 1974 yeah, really, it's Exactly. Yeah. That's what they were doing. And, and it was amazing. There wasn't until like... Really, midway through the third, 
Michael turned and said, you know what? Son of a bitch, I think we're really just kicking their ass. I don't yeah. think we're getting set up on everything. Let's shoot, release the hounds. I wonder if DeMarcus Ware and Von Miller had the same conversation in uh, Denver uh, I think two they months knew, ago. They probably no, did. But I think they knew going into that we're going to be able to get them. Where, yeah. where there was so much respect for what the Patriots had done that, right. that year. You didn't have confidence you're getting a Tom. No one gets a Tom. Yeah. You didn't think you were going to hit Tom a lot. Even if you beat the O-line, he gets rid of the ball so fast. Are one, you... one thing that people don't know about your guy, Tom Brady, right? The one thing that people don't know, and we all know how much Peyton Manning works because he lets us know. Uh, we all know how much. I love that subtle dig. God, we are, I, no, really I, ca- I, now a, you've won me subtle. back. I'm back. We all know how hard Drew Brees works. We all know how hard hey, uh, some of the greats work. Tom Brady works just as hard as these guys. Being great is a sickness. You got to be sick. It's got to be 24-7, and it is. It's just that he doesn't let people in, so you don't know. He works just as hard as Peyton, just as hard as anybody else, nonstop, every minute of every hour of the day. That dude is trying to think about, you know, he's going to text the coach on this. He's going to text the coordinator. He's thinking about this. He's watching film. It never stops, never stops, never stops. This is, you've just made my case for two separate things. One is why Deflategate was so ridiculous because he's doing so many different things. How does he have time to worry about whether the balls were 7% less than they should have been? But also, I really think he has a chance to play until he's 45. Everyone thinks I'm so crazy. I, no, I, I think he does um, whatever he wants to do. I, I started writing about that two years ago. I just think with the way the rules have changed and all the different advancements that athletes have now, I don't see why he couldn't. I think it's realistic. He, he trains his ass off, doesn't get hurt, doesn't take a lot of hits. The only reason he wouldn't— Doesn't drink, doesn't do any of that stuff, does, just goes to bed at 8.30. Well, he said he doesn't drink. Uh, I don't think he drinks. Yes, he does. Um— <laughs> Maybe he has like a a, 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 a half a glass of Pinot Grigio <laughs> that's, on Sundays. What, you want, you're killing him right here now. Jeez. Um, I think he plays until he until the repetition of it gets to him. A lot of times guys retire because they're so tired of the meetings. They're yeah. so sick and tired of sitting in there. And a lot of times you're sitting there, let's say training camp, coaches are going over stuff. You've heard it 18 years in a row. It's kind of like, oh, my gosh, why do we have to be in here? But you do. You have to be in there. And a lot of times, guys are just like, I'm done with all that stuff. I just want my life back. However, once they leave, they're like, damn, we miss, we hate that stuff. But now we miss just being around your guys. You miss that locker room. That's man. the recurring, you know, basketball players always, I've talked to a bunch of them about that. And they say the reason they retire, two reasons. One is their body just started breaking down and it just wasn't fun to just go through it every day. But the real thing was just that the season's over. You know, it's like, like for football players, it's like, may and you're just like fuck i gotta get up at six o'clock today and i gotta do this i'm just it's not in me anymore i don't want to do it nothing's driving me anymore absolutely and that's i think brady still has it and i think manning by the way i really think if the rams had said here's 15 million dollars be our quarterback for one year i think he's playing yeah he didn't have an offer and he didn't have an offer and this is where people get it wrong it's kind of chicken or the egg he didn't have an offer because everybody knew he was done so it wasn't it just wasn't worth it but nobody even tried to kick the it tires was, on it because though. they knew he was. If all of a sudden they turned around, they watched and said, the Super Bowl. If all of a sudden they turned around and said, "Listen, we want it. We're going to play again. Okay, we're going to play for two more years. We're in. We're all in." Of course, he's going to have offers. Are you, are you kidding me? Yeah. Look at the quarterback play this year. Case Keenum. How many, and how many times is Matt Castle going to get traded? Yeah. I mean, you got to be shitting me. This is the worst 
that, in my opinion, the depth for quarterbacks has ever been. It's awful. And, and don't look at the numbers and go, oh, well, the numbers show that quarterback play has been up. No, it hasn't. When Brandon Whedon and, and Matt Castle and you can't Case Keenum, no, it's definitely not up. Well, and then you talk about all the advantages that QBs have now compared to 10 years ago and not having to worry about guys diving right. at their feet, all those things, and they're still bad. Right. Like imagine exactly. how bad yeah. that would be if you could beat the shit out of them. And you know, the rules today also, you just can't spar. You can't do anything. Yeah. You know, it's just all flag football for them. And all of a sudden on Sundays, they're getting their ass kicked. Right. And all of a sudden, Von Miller's coming off the blind side and just whacking. And you're like, whoa, I'm not used to this. Totally different. What would you do to, uh, like, I personally think football players, football players are a little too big, a little too strong, a little too fast. And that's why a big reason why we're having these concussions. And you can try to change all the tackling techniques and all that stuff. But. When you have, as you said, when you have Gronk and Martellus Bennett, who are 6'6", 270, and running a 4'640", going down the middle of the field with some other T.J. Ward yeah. coming at them the other way, there's going to be carnage. So yes. how, how would you fix it? Is there a way to fix I it? I wouldn't. I wouldn't fix it at all. Here's my issue with all this, okay? Yeah. Everybody's talking about CTE and concussions and all that. And Look, I'm different. I'm from the world of mixed martial arts. My job is to remove you from your consciousness. Right. And, and the crazy thing is, it, there are more there's more concussions in women's soccer and hockey than there are in football, I would think. Um, but we just don't hear about it because you hear about it in the league because it's gone really congressional and the attorneys. And here's here's my deal, okay? And, and this is the crazy part. I can't tell you how many people have come in and say, I want to get my kids into mixed martial arts. I don't want them playing a dangerous game like football. And I'm like, that makes no friggin' sense. Yeah. Your, our job in this sport is to break your limbs and, and, and knock you out. But, oh, yeah, let's give you a safer sport. It, it's off, but... But here's, here's, the, here's the biggest issue I'm having right now with the concussions and PTSD and all this stuff is, yes, is it, are there issues there? No doubt about it. If all the information isn't being shared, that's bad because we really need to advance it. However, okay, what's driving me crazy right now is they're telling us all the sky is falling and not giving any of us an out. So in other words, I just had a friend who played in the NFL for a long time and He's a legendary guy, and he said, man, I just went to this place in Los Angeles. They just really tested me for all these concussions. And, you know, I thought I had, like, eight concussions. Do you know that I had 60 to 80 concussions? And I said, whoa, so what's the solution? He said, he didn't give me one. He just told me how many concussions I had. And, you know, what? I've noticed that the computer's getting fuzzy. Well, that You can't do that to guys. You can't do it. You, you can't tell us, and I say us because I've been knocked out, I can't tell you how many times, because I'm a crappy fighter. I'm a good coach, but a hell of a bad fighter. <laughs> um, don't friggin' let me know what, how many concussions I have if, and, the, and the effects if you're not going to give me a solution. Ignorance is bliss. But the other part of it is if I willingly give you, uh, I'm going to put a football helmet on you, and I'm going to say, Dominic and Sue and, and, and J.J. Watt and this guy and that guy, you could, they could smash you in the head a million times. You could run. You're going to run into them over years and years and years. You're going to smash your head into people. If I give you a gun, say you're going to leave your family, you're going to go overseas, and you're going to go kill people you don't know, and they're going to kill you, and you know you hope to get back. If I willingly step into a cage every day with a Chuck Liddell and a Randy Couture, and they're allowed to kick me in the face, and oh, by the way, I'm going back in tomorrow, something's freaking off with us going in. Okay, my issues are not because I've been knocked out 12 times. You've accepted the risks. Absolutely. And you know what? I'd rather, this is me personally. Uh, Nate Diaz said it best. This, our sport institutionalizes us. I would rather, I'd rather the sport kill me than I die from not doing it. And if I can't do this, I feel like I'm just going to waste away. And I, it makes me feel like, you know what? 
I'm, I'm not like the rest of the world. It's good. I'm different. I embrace my differentness. Same thing with these guys. Okay. A lot of times if you're a soldier, you have depression, you have some issues. That's what's leading you to war, right? If you have issues, obviously I had issues that led me. It's not sane for me to go sit in a cage and get kicked in the face by people, right? It's not sane. First of all, it's not sane. Second of all, I'm Jewish, so I've really got everything against me. And there's something off about me going in. Yeah. You guys, any, any football player, same thing. It's, it helps lead you away from certain problems. And now that we're going, oh, man, this guy's suffering from depression. This guy's suffering from this, this. No, we had it going in for the most part. Not every single person. But a lot of us had it going in. And now we're just lumping it all in together. We have, you know, our soldiers come back and they tell you it's, man, you got depression, man. You have this 10% PTSD. And they're like, this is nothing. You had to see how I was before this. But they're, they're not judging that. So that, that, that's my thing. I'm not saying it's not, but we're making it a, like, again, I, I know I have issues. Getting knocked out did not lead me to my issues my issues led me to go do that sport. And there's but a lot of people in that same position. But you're not against, you know, they've cleaned up some things that probably need to clean up, right? Like the, the safety, doing the extra headshot over the middle of the protect, the I protect want, receiver. I would love safety issues. Yeah. But I also, absolutely. Let's, my issue is that they don't do enough as far as, um, I would look, I would love for them to look at every single thing you possibly can. I would love for them to look at, hey, this guy has an idea in South Carolina. He thinks it's going to help out. Let's listen to him. Yeah. All right? this com- I don't care what sporting apparel company they're with. If you have an, a, a way to, to help with head trauma, sure. And I, I also like the CTE thing. Everybody's like, oh, we have CTE. And they say, you know, Frank Gifford suffered from CTE. And I'm going, well, sign me up for that one because that's, he's had a hell of a life. I'll take that. I'll take that for him. You know, he's had a hell of a life. So I, I just think we all... Everything gets lumped into the same thing now with, with, you know what I mean? It's like, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing. Even like you brought up before, like deflate gate. Like everything doesn't have to be a friggin' gate. Okay, sometimes it's like, hey, you know what? We have an issue here. Let's correct it. Not make a huge congressional hearing or something. Shouldn't we be more worried about what athletes put in their bodies? And I'm not just talking about PEDs, but mm-hmm. for me, it's like the, the great hidden thing with the NFL and the thing that nobody talks about or seems to care about, everyone cares about concussions. Nobody cares about all the painkillers these guys are taking to try to get through a season. Right. And that's just kind of washed to the side. What do we do to What do we do to monitor this stuff better? Is there um, a way to even monitor? No, I don't think there. And well, you're in a catch twenty two. You play a game of pain. They're taking away all the painkillers, and they play a game of pain. I again, you're you're talking to the wrong guy about this. I, I. So you'd make everything legal. You would do like I wouldn't the, make everything legal. The I would, SNL, uh, yeah, I actually, I think I would actually. Yeah. No, not steroids. Guy, I'm not talking about steroids. Hell no, not that. But, <laughs> Did you ever see that sketch? Yeah. <laughs> the guy's arms fell off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not saying that at all. I, there, there, again, everything is so incredibly. Now we, we have a, um, you have things that are getting banned because they think, well, it could give you issues in 30 to 40 years, but we don't right. know right now. Well, then why do that? Yeah. Why do that? Right now it's helping guys, right? And if this guy right here has a torn meniscus and a high ankle sprain and a herniated disc in his neck, and he's like, oh, my gosh, I got to get out there and play because he wants to play, and they're still putting him out there without a painkiller, I, I just – I'd rather have the painkiller. Let's say Peyton Manning did take PEDs when he had the four neck surgeries well, and was trying to refund. come back. 
Huh? He needs a <laughs> refund because it didn't work. He's <laughs> well, let's say he did. Why is that a bad thing that an athlete who's trying to make money, as long as he's not doing it during the season with because the games, he's giving him an advantage over somebody else? You do have to have the same level playing field. But, you don't, but do you think just in general should we use it? Be able to use it for recovery? I think if you can get a guy to heal, absolutely. Like stem cell over in Germany, absolutely, a million percent. I'm pro recovery. Absolutely, stuff. I don't, that's, I don't that's my point. Why we're but so that was my point about the painkillers and anti-inflammatories. Yeah. Help these guys recover. Help cool. them. Don't send them out where they're like, oh, I can't use my, my right arm, but I'm going to go play because I can't because there's so much pain, there's so much inflammation. Don't do it. Let's get them out there where they're in as best shape as they can recovery-wise, and um, they're, they're not thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm just going to go out there, I'm going to be a sitting duck, because then you really get hurt. MMA had a big PDs problem for a while, yep. and it seems like they've, they're at least trying to make a considered right. effort to clean it up. Mm -hmm. um, was there a point where you were scared with that, with, the, with MMA? Because um, it did. a couple no, it years there, was like, one of my guy, it would piss me off when our guys would fight against somebody who was. Because yeah. I'm like, well, it's, it's bullshit. Because you knew. It, but uh, yeah, and I'm like, it's bullshit. Like our guys doing it right, and this guy's not, and it's bullshit. That's it's an unfair advantage, no doubt. And then we'd have, but we also know, look, this sport is. I love our guys in that sport. I really do. And they're a bunch of characters. They're 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 morons. But you, like my two closest friends, and they're obviously you know. Are, Chuck Liddell and Randy Couture, who, who trained with me over at Unbreakable. And we are probably more sensitive in our conversations than any other dudes on the planet. Because who's questioning our manhood? Yeah. You know what I mean? These guys will we'll cry over a friggin'. Yes, they'll cry over the notebook in two seconds. Because, like, no, one, no one's going to look at Chuck and be like, look at you. Oh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> My bad. I'll cry right along with you, Mr. Liddell. You know, we really do. We have, like, the most sensitive, down-to-earth freaking conversations that you really can't have with most of your dude friends. You know, they always talk about UFC, somebody will get built up as a star and then they lose. And it seems to be this cycle that happens over and over again. And everybody goes, oh, this is bad for the UFC. And then mm -hmm. another star comes up. To me, the UFC is the star. Right. It, the brand, it's it's the brand, like, right. Like a WWE, if The Rock's not there and John Cena gets hurt and right. they lose, all of a sudden it's like, shit, who do we have for WrestleMania? And they got to drag out Triple H right. and they got to bring back, you know, Shane McMahon is right. now in one of the main events. UFC, it's like next man up. I, I think it's. I don't think it ever ends. I think I agree with you. And here's the thing, also. Here's the difference between the UFC and boxing. I know. Look, I started in boxing. Yeah, my yeah. coach's name was John Davenport. May he rest happily in peace. Love this man with all my heart. Um, but the difference is, in boxing, your job is to pad your record as much as you can to get some marketability. And then half these guys want to try and make sure that they retire undefeated. That's not what makes you great. What makes you great is to look for a loss, to look for that guy to beat you, and then figure out how you can get better than to beat him. That's why the Leonard's and the Hagler's and the Hearns were so freaking great, and why Ali was so freaking great. Fight you anybody. Beat right. And in this sport, you know, Randy Couture finished with a record of like 18 and 12 or whatever it is. Don't make him a loser, right? He's not going to pay. He's going to say, okay, I get to fight Brock Lesnar with a torn elbow, and he outweighs me by 80 pounds. Shit, I'm up. Sign me up. You know, little BJ Penn fought at 205 once, right? A little 155 pounder. He's like, great, I'm in. That's what you want. That, in my opinion, that's what makes these guys different. You just saw Conor McGregor. I know everybody killed him for it, but he moved up two weight classes. Good for him. He's like, shit, I'll fight a heavier guy. He beats me, he beats me, which he did. I love the sport because there's, there's, you, you take that ego part out of it. Retiring undefeated doesn't make you great in that sport, right? finding that guy who could beat you so your martial art can get better and then come back and beating him, then you find out who the fuck you are. When did you when did you feel like the whole human cockfighting narrative had officially gone away? When you were able to tell people what you did and they didn't laugh at you 
So and, what year is that? Uh, like last month. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I only had a couple fights. It was 2003 and 2002, three, four. Well, wait a second. You actually yeah. in UFC? No, minor leagues. Oh, minor, really? Minor, minor leagues, yeah. You have real fights. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and what happened was my first day on the job at Fox, David Hill, I came in all beat up. I won this thing called the World, uh, the Naga World World Submission Fighting Championships. And I came in there, David Hill's our boss at Fox NFL Sunday. And he comes in and my eye is shut. My nose is all over here. My foot's broke. And because he's heavyweights in the next, they fell into me on some other stuff. So I come in and David Hill's like, the fuck happened to you? Yeah. And I said, hey, I just won the World Submission Fighting Championship. Yeah. He says, and he's Australian, he just did the Oscar. He goes, I don't know what the fuck that is, but you'll never fucking do it again. <laughs> and I was like, why? I'm clearly not on TV for my looks. And then I realized, I'm on TV uh, for my looks. Yeah. No, I'm not. No, but, no, that's what he meant. But no, but his thing was like, I can't have the family in Nebraska who wants to know why our insider's eye is shut and his nose is broken, all this. And I said, why? I think it adds to like the dude factor. He's like, no. So for years, they wouldn't let me do it. I had to learn how to do something else, and I learned how to start coaching. And I actually took a fight. Uh, you love this. I took a fight on an Indian reservation uh, in Arizona because they don't exactly check but, records and, yeah, yeah. and blood tests. And, all, and this is how I found out. Is I was taking a fight. Right after I was told by Fox, you can never do this again. So I'm like, all right, I'll use a fake name. I'll do my stuff, whatever. And I just signed with them, but I, I couldn't stop. And the... Uh, it was on an undercard. The, the headliner was Tommy Morrison making his MMA debut. Oh, wow. So, and then Dan Severn was on the card, who's a legend. I'm like, okay. They said, wait, Tommy Morrison. I said to the guys, doesn't he have AIDS? And they said, no, no, no. It's gone now. I said, it's gone now? What do you mean? Like rub some Vicks on it? It's gone? Like how, does he, how is it gone? They said, no, he says it's gone now. I said, well, do you, th wait, did I miss something here? He says, no. He says he doesn't have it. I said, well, how do I know my guy doesn't have AIDS? And they said, you don't, uh, but don't worry about it. He won't. <laughs> I'm like, are you shitting me? Oh and they're like, God. yes. I'm like, yeah, I don't think. Actually, my dumb ass was still going to take a fight on there. Luckily, I tore my calf, thank God, and that was it, the end of my fighting career. That was 2004, I think. Jesus. And, um, yeah, it was like the wild. I, man, I love it. I, I really, I'm, I'm happy I got in. Again, I wish I had more fights that David Hill didn't do that. But I got to train guys, and I've trained 300-something guys in the NFL now. It's almost like you're two people. Actually, it's almost like you're three people. I got like 10 personalities, trust me. If you knew yeah, what was you going on inside this head over here, yeah. But the whole insider thing, and you took by shit. By the way, this whole insider segment is sponsored by Zoloft. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, you took shit early on with the insider stuff because they're like, oh, he's he's too close with the right. players. He's yeah. in the – people are basically trying to put down the fact yeah. that you were able to get information in an unconventional way. But I got it before I trained guys, and here's the thing right. I told them too. I said, all you guys who are ragging on me, and I still have the same old guys do it. The same guys, I'm not even gonna say who they are here. You, know, you weren't a newspaper exactly reporter. I was though, I was a columnist in the New York Post. So fuck them too yeah. on that, okay? So what my point was, all you guys who are criticizing, why don't you criticize the guys who, who write books with their players and coaches and they make six figures off it? I've never made a dime off this stuff. Off of now, this gym I hope have over here. I hope it's huge, but it's not players. We have everybody, but I've never had made a dime off it. But you guys make six figures off of writing books with this coach and that player and this coach and that player. Yeah, your objective. Fuck that. And see that that's a big thing for me because like I remember I went on the draft for ESPN in 2014. I'm a Boston fan. I'll right. admit it. Like I love the Celtics, and they got this guy at number 17, James Young, that I w I really wanted them to get. And they cut to me, and I was right. doing a fist pump. And then everybody's like, oh, he's not objective. He shouldn't be doing the draft. I'm like, 
you realize that nobody's totally objective, right? Who's in the sports media? <laughs> everybody's got biases. Everybody's got and coaches. They figure and athletes. And mm-hmm. I mean, you even saw with with C. I know you probably can't talk about this, but what? with CBS, the way Sims and Nance were announcing Peyton Manning, like it was still Peyton Manning, and just kind of overlooking the the ducks that were just levitating in midair. And it's like everybody protects everybody, and that's it, the way it is. But here's the bottom line, too. Again. For all those people who used to rip on me or rip on you, it's just fucking sports. Give me a break, okay? Yeah, we're not covering the Middle East. We're not here saving lives. We're not really, I mean, all we are is escapism. That is it, man. Thank you, God, that we have this ability to to make money and have fun and not grow up. That's all we are. Let's make, not take ourselves too seriously. And, the, you know, when I first started this business, you were, I was a newspaper columnist. And they would say to me back then, well, that's, and I would try and do everything because I was broke and poor and it was yeah. awful. And the New York Post paid me a whopping nine grand a year eventually. Like, hey, thanks. Congratulations. I know. And it, which covered like four days of beer for me. And then. You got Murdoch back eventually. Eventually. With some salary <laughs> negotiation. And I, and I started trying to do radio and TV. And the other newspaper guy was like, no, we don't do that. I'm like, no, who's we? <laughs> He yeah. said, we don't do that. You How are we do all this? on yeah, the same like, team? You motherfuckers aren't on my team. I care. It's, I'm my team. I don't. You, whatever rules you play by, you're not paying for my kid. Yeah. So I started doing it, and they would get so upset about it. Now everybody does it. But you know, I was the first one really to do the daily insider stuff. It was really me versus Mort back then. And I was at like CBSSportsLine.com, and he was doing ESPN. And we did that, and people frowned upon the internet. You're not supposed to do, be doing the internet. Um, I, I'm sick and tired of people telling me what I can and can't do. All I know is you look at my track record and look at everybody else's, I'll put mine up. I'm good. I break bigger stories that you know are dead on. Well, I always, lo- else. I always loved you because you would get mad at ESPN when <laughs> they stole your yeah. scoops. Well, that they didn't steal them. They would just, they would just take credit. re-report the scoop yes. 10 minutes later. That's why I changed my name to Sources. That. Yeah, yes. sources say yes. to whatever. That must drive. And it, you know, I can't even imagine though, how crazy that made you. Here's what I found out over the years, though. All the years I was getting mad, they were right. Um, my mom is quite the harlot, and she actually was cheating on my dad with a guy named Sources, and they hitched the wagon, and my name is Sources now. I, this whole time, I thought she was playing canasta with the other 78-year-old <laughs> Jews, that should and be she your was just whoring it around. Thanks, Mom. But Mom has a gambling problem, too, so I can't blame her for whoring it out. Um, but they... Yeah, and the first time it happened, look, I'm, I'm going to re- reveal something to you that I just, I never Great. have said anywhere. It makes me so happy. Okay. All the times I've gotten mad at ESPN, and I have that, I have it out, and I go after him, I call him lying, cheating, stealing bastards and all that, in all seriousness, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I really don't. I don't either. I really I do don't. It. But it's a good fight. It's a good bat. It's a good brand. I'm like, you know what? People like a fight. They like this David and Goliath. Hell, I don't care. Okay, I'm swinging away. And what can I do to piss him off? And then, you know, it's funny because I talked to Mort years ago about this. I said, hey, hey, dude, step away from this because I'm about to go off on these guys. But he's like, why? I said, no, nothing you did. It's just I think people are starting to like this shit. And people, we really. I, I, yeah. And I started saying back then, I'm like, all right, you want to rag on me, ESPN? Let's let's put up a. Uh, 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 Every week, let's put something up there and count who has what, right, first, and wrong. Let's do it. Let's do a scorecard. And they did something in USA Today about that. And then that was the year that I had the Spygate video. And I had the Joey Porter, Levi Jones video in a Vegas and a beatdown. Oh, yeah. And I had Balco. And I had, I mean, that was the year you could, of all years you could have. So I'm like, hey, shit, let's go. Let's sign me up. So I started then saying what they got wrong and what I got right and with it. And Mort's like, Jay, I said, Mort, it has nothing to do with you. You know, I love you. It's all your bosses there and all, all the guys run it. But 
then I realized, shit, people are starting to like this. Okay, back then it kind of pissed me off, and I forget what they, oh, you know what it was, man? They did a thing on, when I did the Favre um, uh, uh, Lions Gate, when he called the Lions and gave them all the secrets on on the Packers because he was all bitter. Yeah. And Favre came out and friggin', you know, denied it and then didn't deny it, and obviously it was true. Um, and then the story became more about who my source was and all this shit because everybody kisses Brett's ass. And ESPN put out a put out a, a memo inside in her office like, do not report um, reporter not credible. And I somebody put it out. Oh wow! That part got me to flip my lid. Yeah. And so then I went out, and that's when I went on this whole thing. And oh, and actually, when this thing went down, here's another little diggy for you. Mm. When I went down, I was in Vegas with the captain of the MIT card counting team from bringing down the height, uh, bringing down the heist house. He told me how to count cards. So I went there with me, him, this guy, CB Dalloway, he fights in the UFC. He was one of my uh, teammates, this other girl. And all this shit was going down when I was getting in a fight with him. And um, I took a phone call and stepped away from our table. And it was the commissioner, was Roger Goodell. Oh, wow. Called me. To be like, what the fuck is going on with you and Favre, pretty much? And ESPN, because I was going off. And as I walked away from the table, the guy we were with, his name is Mike Aponte. Mike is the captain of the, the MIT card counting team. He is the man. He is, it's unbelievable. And he, he took us to a casino and he dressed like, he looked like a college kid. He put like a hat and sunglasses on and khakis like you couldn't see. And I took the phone call from Roger. I stepped away and... As I come back, I hear, gentlemen, your day here has ended. Mike, thank you for coming here with your friends. Let's go. And I look, and there is 50 security guards lined up to take us out. And my idiot friend, C.B. Dalloway, is going, oh, I hope you get backroomed. I'm like, I hope you get backroomed. Yeah, Shit. <laughs> kidding me here? And I'm sitting there it's trying the to get, I'm fighting ever. with Favre and them. He wants to get backroomed because he's an idiot. Uh, we got some girl there who's, <laughs> she's just l- caught in the carnage. And then they led us from one security guard to the second, and then those two to a third, and those three to a fourth, all the way out the friggin' door. It was badass. Wow. Yeah, and I was just, it was, a, a, you're talking about the, the 10 personalities that's going on all at once kind of collide together. That's fantastic. Yeah. But I don't, back to the, I'm sorry, I got, I, got, no, that was I don't a, have ADD, I got LMNOP, I'm beyond. Great. But I don't give a shit, but if people like the fight, but. Well, I remember in 07, the first time, I mean, I, I kind of know oh, that guy. He's broken a couple, but the first time I really remember you was when you went, when you went at Manning a little bit because he insulted Strahan, your buddy. Yeah, at the and, Pro Bowl, uh, I tried to fight him at the Pro Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and obviously I'm a Brady guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, so and you're I happy. love that. I love that anyone was yeah. was feuding with Manning. So I was like, I'm in on Jay Glazer. This is great. <laughs> what even that was feuding? I, I'm a loyalty guy. Love me or hate me. Yeah. I, I, I the way I go about life is, if you're my guy, you're my friend. I like you. I will treat you as if I'm hoping to be your pallbearer. Yeah. It's the biggest respect I can give you, right? I will literally, I am, I am, loyalty is everything to me. I will treat you like I will one day be your pallbearer. If 10% of the people in my life treat me back the same way, I got a pretty damn good mafia, right? Strahan's one of those guys. So if you can talk shit about him when he's going through his divorce, shit, you're up. Let's go. So you're at the Pro Bowl in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Manning says something you don't well, like. Well, let's back it up. We're trying to break John Lynch's Mai Tai record at the pool. Oh. John Lynch. So there were drinks. 34 Mai Tais. Shut up. Legendary. John Lynch, right? The whitest dude on the planet. Whereas Brooks Brothers that's, that's not has true. like. Has like um, that can't be true. We can call him right now. 34 Mai Tais? 17 doubles. Okay. 17 doubles. 
34 montages. John Lynch, we call him 47 Red, because you have John Lynch, who's the real, real white, whitest dude in the planet, and where's Brooks brother and has like 19 white yeah. kids. And then there's 47 Red, where you get a couple drinks in him, or you put him in the field, and he's knocking you the fuck out. <laughs> he's, he's, you're going to fear for your personal safety. And he's the best, too, because when you get drinks in him, all of a sudden he gets very patriotic from like, like the the 70s and he will get up no matter where you are you could be a black tie event he will start singing god bless america and if you don't sing along with him and he's gonna kill me for saying this if you don't sing along with him he will start calling you out and start calling you like a commie commie what is freaking all in the family like who uses those words are you shitting me and he god bless america and if you don't do it man he will start wearing you out so 34 my 34. ties yes he's a very impressive human being He's a very accomplished person. So you're so you're having my so, ties well, at the so, bar in John Lynch's so honor. I, I get I we wake up early the next morning, me Steve Hutchinson, Ronda and Tiki Barber, and Lynch to break Lynch's my tie record, and Tiki we we got there at nine <laughs> o'clock in the morning. With five guys to got, drink yep. a combined thirty-four. Got, no 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 each one we're going to see if we can go. We're about it started at nine a.m. Tiki pushed out at about twelve. Um, <laughs> At five, Giants me and Hutch, I was, I was married at the time yeah. uh, for a whopping 10 months. Wow. If you had 10 months in the divorce pool, you won. Mm. Um, Wasn't Strahan's was short too, right? The first No, one? his was just ugly. Oh, okay. um, Then we, so we got our wives at the time, me and Hutch, they made us leave at five. Well, Rondé stays and he's going for the record. Oh, no. He's going for it. So he goes from 9 a.m. all the way till it's about one o'clock in the morning until he crapped out. And so that's like two an hour for... He had, he had 15 of them. He crapped out 50, so 30. So we're little Ronde Barber. He's impressive. Amazing. Very impressive. Thank you. Um, and So when do you run into Manning? Well, so later on in the night, I was up there with me, Sean Payton, Eddie George, Lorenzo Neal. I think uh, Sean Payton, our first coach in this story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's right there for, for it also. <laughs> and I'm actually waiting for Chuck Liddell to come. Okay, because Chuck is just hanging with me, and you could throw any name in this point, and I would believe it. <laughs> and then we're waiting for Jake Gyllenhaal, right, right, right. right. So and Chuck, Sugar Ray Robertson. Chuck and I do everything together for years, right? And he's coming out just to why not? Back then, people didn't really know who he was, um, so he's coming out just to hang and whatever. And I said something to Peyton. Peyton, Peyton had been like we had been really close at one point, and then all of a sudden he just kind of turned on me and turned on. I think a lot of us, and I have no idea why. And he kept throwing these jabs at me and barbs at me and jabs at me. We are so good, he play, would play jokes on me. One time, he, uh, Zach Thomas and him were hanging out, and he's like, hey, Peyton wants you to call him on his new number right now. And Peyton gives him the number. I'm like, why? He goes, I, he just needs to talk to you. And I go and call the number, and it's Bill Poley and Cell. So he just set my ass up. Like, <laughs> he's great, right? So we're in there, and... Um, do you think Peyton turned on you because you were close to no, no, Strahan no, no. and Strahan and Eli had a whole well, thing? I, well, and... that's what it ended up being because yes. early, 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 I, I found out. out. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know yeah. what his deal was. And he was kind of ragging on me. I'm like, I, dude, I love Peyton. I really do. He's He is friggin' hilarious. Okay. He plays more jokes on people in this league than everybody but me. And he is just, he's He's in, in really in tune with his immaturity, which you love. So all of a sudden we're sitting there and I'd said something like, hey, uh, we're drinking whatever we're drinking. He's like, I'll have a Bud Light. And I said something else. And he said, I'll have a Bud Light. And I said it again. He said, I said, I'll have a Bud Light. Am I stuttering? Get me a Bud Light. And I was oh, kind of like, what did he just say? 
And that would have been okay if not for Eddie George and Lorenzo Neal going, ooh. Uh, so I kind of jumped his shit a little bit. and So now the testosterone's going so now, a bit. Now the testosterone's going. And Sean Payton and, and Lynch and those guys kind of pulled me away from him. And then later on, and then Chuck calls, and I said, hey, dude, I think I'm about to beat the hell out of Peyton Manning. <laughs> And he's like, wait for me. Don't do anything. I said, I, don't, I, can't, I can't promise you anything. So he, and Peyton's recollection of the story is totally different than mine. Okay. Um, as far as like, he said Chuck ends up throwing kicks or some shit out of it, but she didn't. So um, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Peyton goes, hey, AJ, would a stray hand come crying to you like every day this year to do a story? And I was like, what did you just say? Did he come crying to you every day to do a story this year with you? And I'm like, hey, man. Why don't you leave Michael Strahan's out of this? And he said something else. I said, how about you never repeat Michael Strahan's name out of your mouth again? Because I thought he was talking about his divorce. Yeah. And he said, what? And I said, you know what? And again, I'm sorry for my language here. I said, you know what? Fuck you, Peyton, you little bitch. And he went, what? Fuck you, Glazer. And I was like, fuck you. We kind of did that back and forth. And then... Are you working for Fox at this point? Yeah. And then... This is great. Uh, I take a step at him and then he had a tight end or son that stepped in for him so it was like two on one and then my friend though he stepped in for me and my friend's Chuck Liddell so he came flying in there and because he saw the tight end or whoever was stepping for Peyton and Peyton um Chuck's like we got a problem over here we got a problem over here and Chuck's kind of eyes you know he clicked over yeah. and I'm like no 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 Chuck get back get back and the tight end like zoop, stepped away so now it's just me Peyton and Chuck and I'm like, Chuck, go away, go away. I got this, I got this. He's like, no, 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 no. Don't fight him now. Fight him tomorrow. I'm like, no, I got him now. I, and now the crazy thing is my wife at the time and Peyton's wife, they're both sitting right there and they're both looking at us like these two are just the biggest morons in the world, which we were. <laughs> we were just being drunken idiots. Like freshman in college. And we really were. It's so stupid. But at the end of it, I basically let him know that it was not okay to do. Um, in no uncertain terms, I've cursed enough. I use my F factor here in this on, the, yeah. on your podcast. So um, basically, told him, dude, I don't, I don't ever disrespect you. Don't ever do it to me. And just because you play football and I don't, does not mean you can whip my ass. So let's try to treat each other in a respectable manner. And then later on, I went back and I was like, and I was obviously a lot more vocal about that. And I walked over him later, and he was like, I said, dude. Who was that? He's like, man, I'm sorry. I'm man, I'm I'm sorry. And I just said, Peyton, look, man, you were still. Doesn't matter what we do in our careers. We're men. We're grown men, right? So just treat everybody the same as if you're behind 7-Eleven alone. There's nobody else around, and we've been good ever since. We've been great ever since. You know Sometimes who's never you, done that to you, huh? You know who's never done anything like that to you, Tom Brady. I bet that. I bet he's never. No, Tom's like great. Yeah. Tom's respectful. Tom Brady's the best. Tom's respectful. See? And you know what? You just proved my point yet again. And Peyton and I have been great. At, sometimes you guys kind of fight it out and you get closer, you know? But the thing with me is, it's again, I'm a loyalty guy. It, what, I think he can say whatever he wants to me, and he, and he was. It wasn't until he said something about Stray, and that's my guy. He just don't, I will fight you in two seconds for one of my guys. Hey, if there's one certainty in life, it's this. You can never find enough workout clothes or enough clothes to play hoops. I never really satisfied that fully. Tate, what do you wear when you play ball? Shorts and a shirt. Yeah. Yeah, see, casual, right? My issue was playing in t-shirts that had dumb logos on them, especially when I was playing at USC in my 40s, and I'm wearing, like, these giant logos for companies and stuff. Thank God there's a place for quality logo-less activewear that's 30 to 40% less expensive than the big brands. Thank God for AthletesCollective.com. 
Maybe you're like me, I hate flimsy t-shirts that lose their shape after a few washes. And I hate t-shirts that can't hold my sweat. I hate when my sweat's stuck on my body when I'm playing sports. I like pre-shrunk t-shirts that don't make me feel like I'm wearing a blouse. Tate, they sent us some stuff. Tate's nodding. It's great, you love it. We love all free stuff, but this was especially useful. Uh, here's what you have to do, America. Go to athletescollective.com and our promo code BS. You'll receive 15% off your first order. All orders include free shipping and returns to the U.S. or Canada. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Athletescollective.com, promo code BS. Uh, and since we're here, I'm guessing you're in a March Madness pool that you probably already got knocked out of because Yale beat Baylor yesterday. Uh, and I'm guessing you're not just forking over the entry fee for the hell of it, right? You're investing. Well, investing in the safety of your home is no different. That's why I want to talk to you about home security. Researchers from leading universities like Rutgers and UNC Charlotte have proven security systems deter burglars. We're talking a deterrence rate of almost 90%. So if you're trying to find a system that's right for your home, I have a suggestion. Simply Safe Home Security. You have heard us talk about them on this podcast. Dozens of times. It's got to be dozens of times now. Uh, Simply Safe not only protects your home, it saves you hundreds of dollars, no hidden fees, no complicated installations. And since there's no middleman, the savings go straight to your pockets. 24 7 professional protection for just $14.99 a month. You can start or cancel service anytime. Go to simplysafebill.com. Save 10%. Once again, simplysafebill.com. Back to the one and only Jay Glazer. So when, like, what's your Sunday like from 6 a.m. West Coast time you know, it goes all the way through? Saturday and Sunday merge together. So Saturday. When, when's the flood of information coming in? So that whole weekend? It's, it's, yeah, Saturdays I don't sleep. Usually. People know you have the show coming. They're feeding you stuff. You and have I'm to discern. Them, but what... it's not that. I call, call every team. I got players, coaches, GMs. And you don't call like, oh, my gosh, I need a scoop. Some you do. But for the most part, it's where the job is exhausting is you have to outwork the world and you've got to call and call and call and you can't you don't want to use people so you talk about life and you tell the same right. story 400 times you network i'm a relationship broker i'm an information broker that's what you do and we're just talking shit all the time and you're hoping that stuff can come out of it and not come out of it and you're hoping that man by the time i get on tomorrow it's not out there and um, now it's harder because back when I did it again, it was me and Mort and it was, it was it. Is it easier worry about. now with texting and way just harder. like, no way harder. harder. It was me versus Mort. It was it. Yeah. Right. So oh, I can save stuff for two people. weeks. Yeah. Now there's 40 people and there's 40 people who don't care if they get their stuff right or wrong. I care that my stuff is right. That is it. I'd rather have zero scoops and make sure everything I say is right. than have a million scoops and have a 90% accuracy rate. What's what was your biggest wrong scoop that you can remember where you're just like, God, I blew that one. I, I don't I really you don't have one. No, you may think things wrong. Like two years ago when I said Harbaugh's out in week one, everybody got killed me. And they said, oh, he's not. And there's information I knew, which is why I knew he was going to be fired or no matter what. Even if they won the Lombardi. I said that week one before Dion said or anybody said, no matter what, Jim Harbaugh will be will will be out as head coach of the 49ers. And then I got blamed from fans like I did it. Right. Ain't nothing to do with me. I'm not the one that wore out the players there. I'm not the one that wore out their trust. Ain't nothing to do with me. And I'm not the one that wore people out It's funny out they go away when the guy, when it actually happens, though. Uh, interpersonal Nobody problems? says anything. It's just, I got it's killed like, when oh. they fired. Or, thanks, Glazier, you got your wish. Not my wish. Yeah. I think the guy's a hell of a coach, but I think he had a short shelf life. 
him and guys like Bill Parcells, they're smart. Three, four years, they go on to the next thing because they know all their little games end. All right, so you're watching the game. Let's say you're so watching. I, you know what? This year yeah. I actually I had a, I had a faux pas. Um, a faux pas. Yeah, I like so that. I nice phrase. Because I said uh, Chuck Pagano will be out. And then in the 11 and a half hour, well, things I think changed. You were, you were right, though. Yeah, things they changed. They just, Ursa's changed. A maniac. Right. He exactly. Just changed, literally Not changed that, his mind. They were going to get rid of the guy if, the yeah. year before. If he didn't beat the Broncos in that playoff game, they're going to get rid of him the year before. And then in the offseason, they gave him a one-year extension offer as the lowest paid head coach in the league. So that's where this information was coming from. Plus, when you go there at camp, it's easy. The GM is just all over him. Chuck is like, I can't believe they're doing this shit. Um, every player in there is like, dude, this is ridiculous. Yeah. And you just knew. And then as the season went on, you heard more and more. So when the season ended and still it's like, and he knew he was gone. We were, you know, you're always, you're always trying to help your friends out behind the scenes and see what could be available and what's not, where you could help guys out. And um, I try and somewhat be like a temp agency if you can, right. If you will. And it was a foregone conclusion. And then all of a sudden, Ursay said, because the players were like, we don't, we, we yeah, want him. This is ridiculous. What are you doing? And they made him sit down and, and, uh, and hash it out and gave him an extension like they should have, but I ended up being wrong. And that's the only time I can remember. And I'm not being cocky wow. about it. I'm so friggin' conservative with what I put out. Yeah. I'm so, I need three sources. It's got to come from the horse's mouth. I don't know other things that I've gotten wrong. New England, you guys killed me for a while because, you know, the deflate gay thing, the only thing, the thing that I jumped in on is at the Super Bowl, I said they got on video a person of interest who they want to question, who was the, what's his name, the, uh, the ball boy, or not the, the locker room The attendant. guy who went to pee. The, the locker room attendant, yeah. right? So that was obviously a big part of the freaking story. If this is who they zeroed in on, they have him on video, this is who it is. That was my part, right? Yeah. And everybody started looking at me like I'm saying they did it or not. No, I'm not saying you did it. And you know what? Quite frankly, even if you did it, okay? It doesn't have to be a friggin' gate. Hey, Tom, Bill, we're hearing this. Knock it off. Click. That's it. Okay. You that don't was have a mistake, to, right? That's it. Just, they set up a sting. Oh my God! But you just don't need. To, you don't need. Wait, to we have can't a talk about gates. this. Hey, everyone who listens to me will be like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't drag Simmons down. No, come on, let's go. Road. Here, no, my hold point. On. My point no, is, I know what you're it saying. doesn't have to be a freaking gate. You really needed uh, a congressional hearing. You give Ted Wells three million bucks. No. You shit me. You call him up. Listen, are you doing this? No. You're saying no. We think you aren't. Knock it the fuck off. Next time you don't knock it off, we're going to do this. That's it. That is it. Nothing else. So you're watching. Let's say you're watching Giants Panthers and Odell Beckham and Josh Norman are getting super personal, yeah. and you could just see it's escalating, escalating. This is not a common. Right. This is not a common sort of we're Fight. just going at right. it this is like there's a real something going on so what's your process to try to find out what the fuck's going on with these guys what I do you odell. do so you go you go right to the, the coach people players. Yeah, yeah absolutely you're like what happened what do you say we what? train odell and yeah. i actually got on him about it because one of the things we actually teach these guys in there is they see us go at it like you watch me and randy couture dude we're horrible human beings to each other yeah terrible i love him though he loves me we're, we love each other like me and chuck can be awful to each other um but we don't lose our shit on each other. That's part of being. That's part of the fight game. If you lose your mind in there, you're gonna lose your. You're gonna lose your focus, and that's not good. So we try and teach these guys to think like a fighter. Try and teach them: don't get frustrated, don't sit there. You fumble, don't shut it down because you fumble. If I screw up and somebody hits me in the face, I can't be like, "Oh man, crap!" and shut it down for two rounds. Right? You got to recover fast. So he and I talked about it right after that. 
I mean, you know you can't do this. Okay, the, the entire... The guy told The Diaz, and I told him, I said, the Diaz brothers, their whole thing is to get you to lose your focus and lose your mind on them. That's all they're trying to do. I said, and you fell into that rut. So you just go right away. How long do you wait till after the game? I don't... So Giants game ends, when when do you hit up Beckham? It dep- I mean, I hit up guys that right after. Like or they walking me, or they'll up they'll the field? Up. They're, no, doing I'm not a, there. they're doing an interview? I'm not there. Yeah, that's right. They, they got the, uh, the shoe phone. Do the, does the network put pressure on you? You're like, Jay, no. find this out in 10 minutes? No, thank God. And, and early on, look, where Fox really was great is, and this really happened with the Favre stuff, okay? When the yeah. Favre and the lockout. Which Favre stuff? There's lots of Favre stuff. The Favre stuff where- Favre had a rough when decade. He, when, when he was going, he's going to get traded. Oh, and, yeah, and, yeah. and the lockout. I told Fox, I am- not going to report on anything about the lockout except when it's over. I'm not reporting on a boxing match where you report on every feint and 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 uh, and jab thrown. And I like my life too much. So while all these other guys are going to sit here on the courthouse steps and get used by both sides, I'm going to be in Cabo and Vegas. But when it's over, I'll let you know. And there, I thank God I've built up that equity there where I could do that. And at 3.52 in the morning, I went and uh, broke it and because both sides, turns out, they did, they appreciated that I did not jump in and wasn't used by the other side, and I made sure that they knew I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to be used. I'm not, but I'm not going to let them use me either. So just if you guys can show me the re- respect back, all I care about is when it's over. I'm not going to wear you out. And if you guys need help to try and end it, I'm there for you. And they did. 3:52 in the morning. Bam. Wow. How cool is that? And the same day, I went to court six hours later and adopted my son. Oh, Bam! How about that? That's awesome. He was 32 at the time. No, he's. Uh, <laughs> but same day. How's that for a day? How's that for a friggin' day? Huh? Very How cool. often do you talk to Goodell? A lot. A lot. Mm-hmm. I actually mess with him a lot. I really do. I don't think he likes me. Well, whatever. I, you know what? Whatever. He, but here's my, here's my thing. Here's what I told him too. I said the issue. Rogers actually, dude. People hate him. He's he's not. I, dude, I'm telling you, if he's away from this shit, you honestly, you'd love him. But the problem I don't is, think I'd like I think you would. But I'll I, tell you I why. Really, he's done, there's been a lot of stuff that's happened. I know there has happened. been, but here's why. He tried to railroad my quarterback. I hear you, right? Well, the whole league office did. His issue is, he sounds like the White House press secretary when he talks. I that's know. not him. He is a regular dude half the time. Every draft year. It's something we're very focused it's on, horrible. and it's it's we're just trying to keep you our focus. And every it's like, year, wait, you're not talking intelligently. Every, every year at the draft, he and I go drinking. Everybody Drinking. says he's a great guy. Drinking. I can't believe okay. it. And I sit there with him last year, and I said, hey, dude, you sound like the White House press secretary instead of the degenerate that I know you are, which I love about him, and you are and I am. Like, he, he does have that dude factor, but he doesn't let anybody friggin' see it. And they have voice coaches and speech coach. You really need a friggin' speech coach and a voice coach? Are you shitting me? The, the difference is, look at Steve Bashotti with the whole Ray Rice thing. Once Bashotti went out there and just said, this is what happened. This is where he screwed up. This is where we screwed up. No one's hiding anything from you. We're like, okay, we're good. Roger doesn't do that. So when he had somebody else's words and he sounds like the White House press secretary, it's easy to hate. And I said, Roger, well, the issue here is more people want you out of the league than some friggin' jagoff who knocked his wife out in an elevator and then spit at her and stepped over her. Something's wrong. Right. And he's like, you're right. Like, but that's our relationship. That's, I don't care who you are. I talk to you the same, whether you're Roger or you or my grandmother or, you know, it doesn't just matter. Just Tom Brady. Don't just, talk to him. And Tom, Tom, absolutely. No, no, don't talk. They treat Tom with respect. Yeah, yeah. He's a four-time champion. It <laughs> <That> is respect. <laughs> um, and it, it just, it drives me crazy that. Um, so you feel it, like. It's hard. It's a White House like the, the real Goodell 
is not being represented in a public fashion that even remotely that. resembles the he private doesn't do it. He doesn't do it. It's himself. He doesn't do it. And But if you talk to other people who have had this kind of a similar thing with him, they will tell you too. You know what, guys? Actually, he's, I'm telling you, dude, he is more of a regular dude than you know. They just don't let him. Now, I, I don't understand why he does a lot of the decisions. Like, he shouldn't be the one who punishes everybody and part of it. He shouldn't. Right, take your take yourself out of that. That's why you're so hated. Because well, you and work because for the no owners consistency. too. You can't. It's too, it's too hard. Right, it's and there's no be consistency. Party. And then you have to kind of show, you know, that you're. Well, I got to show that I'm not objective, uh, subjective to this team. But it's just a bad slope to be in. I, I'm telling you, look, look what the NFL's done financially. They're a juggernaut, man. You don't so, think that happens with anybody though? I think he's done a great job as far as the, the financial most, part of it. It's the most powerful league in the world. But I think I think all that other crap that they've done has actually helped them. I think it's going to sound crazy, but the Deflate Gates and the Ray Rice and the No, I, I and, wrote, and, I'm uh, with you. Right. Uh, it's become the greatest reality show soap opera there is. So every time they do something, even if they screw it up, more people. Every news station leads with it, right? I wrote this as a calm. I think like it was the opening week of Ray Rice when the Ray Rice season. And I was saying, like, the NFL is now a 12-month league because they've figured out now how to make the soap opera in the offseason. No they doubt. always find one or two things. Everybody goes ape shit, and they get all this mileage out of it. Nobody's even playing a game. It great? feels it's like the NFL never goes away. And, you know, so when, when we did the – we had the Ray Rice and, and Adrian Peterson thing, and everybody's asking me my opinion. I'm like, hey, man, I'm not – I didn't go to school for this. I, I, I don't cover crimes, and, and, yeah, yeah. and I'm not a, a psychologist. I am someone who goes to a lot of psychologists, yeah. not the other way around. And you're asking me to be your social compass. Absolutely not. I'm here to talk about football. That's it. Okay. You want to know about what my opinion is as somebody as a player? Hey, I'm in. But I can't talk to you about the difference between Adrian Peterson and Ray Rice did. And same thing, I'd call like Rick Spielman. i go, Rick. And I told John Harbaugh this too. I'm like, guys, you're friggin' football coaches. You're meatheads. You're morons. And I say that with love. You're not this ultra psychologist who went to Harvard and talks about stuff like this. Don't put yourself in that position. It's not what you went to school for. But we get put in that position because how popular all these stories are. Um, what do you think Adele's biggest mistake was last 10 years? I think all that, making... Um, Without a doubt, just just being part of all the, the punishments. Yeah. You know, because again, like you said, his bosses are the owners, but then he's turned around saying, I'm going to take your star player away for four weeks or 10 weeks, and you're still going to, but these are guys who are paying your salary. I think it's a bad uh, a bad position to be in. When did you realize, oh, I'm, I'm, I can't wait for your answer on this one. When did you know Cranky was taking the Rams to LA? When I, I said it, Two seasons ago, um, that's what everybody seems to think. But, like, he, but here's, when he bought the land, it was done. But here's my thing. So why'd they go through the whole charade of pretending he you wasn't going to put the Rams in? Oh, you had to. But the charade that it even goes as far as bringing Bob Iger in and pretending he's in charge a charade, of the Cardinals. That was thing? the other two. That was the other two teams they had every right to. Also, here was my my only issue with it. Again, I I'm I try to be in a world of 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 making sure everything's dead on of accuracy. It's the worst reported story in the history of sports. I agree. For 20-something years, every single story has been wrong. Everyone, right? There has not been a correct story at all in 20-something years. So every time somebody asks me for it, I'm going, hey, I'll, I'll read about when it happens. Because everything's been wrong. I did come out the year before, and I say, I talked about Kroenke. And then uh, about the Rams. But then I said there's another surprise team that's starting to get a lot of um, 
really move up the ranks, and that was the Chargers. But there's there's so many things that go into the politics and big business, and, and you know I've gotten pretty involved since. And I also I understand my limitations as a man. I'm not smart enough to. I went to Pace College in downtown Manhattan, and and I, I'm you know majored in mass media. Um, I'm not smart enough to understand the politics of it, the legalities of it, the financials of it. And even if you have an MBA from Harvard and you try to explain it to me, my ADD would have me feel you know like understand? three seconds. <laughs> when somebody buys that much land and they know that if this all works out, they're going to have right. a giant NFL franchise that it's the number two franchise in the league right. and the world's biggest sport, that that's a good thing. Once he bought that land, I was like, "This, I just don't see how this doesn't happen." Then he starts promising them, you know, "Oh, we'll make Super Bowls right. and we'll put the combine here and the Pro Bowl, and you could put the NFL Network. I'll build some offices right, right. for you. It's done." Of course, they're all voting for that. <laughs> and then the owners they get to go to the Super Bowl in LA every right. three, four years. They love it here. <laughs> Why wouldn't they vote for Why that? Why would you not? You, I, I had said on our Pearl Harbor show we did this year, we went out to Pearl Harbor. That was Pearl great. Harbor. I actually saw that. Show. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and I had said that Kroenke to change things up for the first time. Now he is offered to have a full equity partner in that place when it used to, it was originally just, I was going to lease it right now. They basically came to him and said, hey, you gotta, you gotta make Give it the charge or something. Yes. Well, the chargers exactly. were the team that blew it. They it was, blew it like, there for oh my 10 God. years. And it's like, you, you have this guy who's, who's already done all the legwork, spent all the money. Um, and you're going to be full equity partner with that guy who knows how to make money absolutely yeah. come on and look i'm not saying that because you know you know what's gonna happen all the charger fans are gonna be pissed off at us for saying this but business wise they need to do it the problem with the Chargers and the raiders moving together you can't have two cash poor teams going to la la is not a place where if you build it they will come absolutely not there's too much other stuff going on here you've really got to put a great product out there to you make gotta it you got to go all out yeah. absolutely like so he's going to spend three million bucks by the time this is over you, but you know what that'll that's a billion, good investment yeah. three billion so, sorry Cronky too people go well he's not going to spend any money here he has a lot of money he better spend money as a businessman he's going to know it's the only way he's going to make it so you couldn't take the chargers and raiders who don't have the same influx of cash and put them together you needed one team with a who's on the, the upper echelon of this league when it comes to finances and you could have somebody else with them you can't have two franchises that were not in the upper echelon of cash i actually thought it should have been a bigger story because you're talking now about i would say out of any sport once the stadium gets built and once the team is in and all that stuff but it's too far that, in the future well, I'm saying three years from now, yeah. that is one of the six most valuable franchises in any sport. It will be a big story then, but right now yeah. people are like, ah, people don't three see years it from now. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like right. this the Rams a being here. The Rams being here should be a bigger story, but there was so much, like, so much me, other shit there's going so much on. legalities and mumbo yeah. jumbo. I'm like, hey, shit, just let me know when they're playing. Well, the other part, though, and this is probably stuff that interests you and me, and I'm not sure how many other people, but it did seem like it was a shift. It was an owner shift. ESPN wrote a decent piece about it, about uh, the, all the machinations of yeah. what happened and Jones and all of a sudden you have these new wave, new thinker owners and the old school owners like Jerry right. Richardson, who's like the warden in Shawshank. Everyone seems right. to be afraid of him. And he just basically was like, no, no, Jerry's going to get this Carson thing done. And it's like, no, actually, he's not. Yeah. It's a new world order now. Jerry was with Cronky. They were all with Cronky. Well, those eventually guys he was. Were, all those all, oh, was, all those guys who were oh, You think Jerry Richardson was with them all along? Oh, no, Jerry Jones. Oh, no, I meant Jerry Richardson. No, yeah, all yeah. the big business guys were like, yeah, we're going they with the big it. business guy. Of course. Absolutely. How do you not see it? <laughs> it's, 
It's great for you. Now you have you're gonna have potentially two football teams at LA. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have football Wait, games. Why is it great every... for me? It's great for you too. You live here now too. I know, but you, I, I'm not training football players. Oh, I'm okay. not developing relationships and sources. Well, and actually, you know what? The guys we have, you. no, the guys we have, they fly out. We house them. We have housing. We have meal plans. They have a car option. They're like we do the whole. We have our doctors, the head uh, surgery for Cedar I still Sinai. think you win. I still think you're a winner. I do. Too. I, I do too. winners and losers. You're a winner. All right, we I'm have to go, it. but let's talk about Mike Francesa's dick first. Yes. Um, so you interned for him, or you were what was I your, what for was your job? I like how you just said it just like that. Well, I had to. I thought that was one of the great segues I've ever had. <laughs> let's talk about Mike Francesa's dick. Talk about first. his cock. Why not? So you joked about this on a radio thing, right. and it became like a three-day internet story. It was unbelievable. It but you weren't really joking, which is why it became a story. I, he's a he's he's a healthy man. He no, I didn't really say it. I just thought it was funny. So, um, I was his. I was. Did I, you know I, you were going to cause a three day internet riot? No, because it's not the first time I've said it. Okay. Um, and I always joke around. And then you know I text. By the way, so for people who don't know, I was doing a show and um, back in nineteen. Oh man, I think it was nineteen ninety. I interned at WFAN. That's amazing. Back then, man, I was boxing. I was doing stand-up comedy in the city. I was bouncing for the friggin' Gambino crime family. Oh, my God. It was awful. I had to check for weapons, and you had to, like, frisk people for weapons, and and guys used to have razor blades in their belts, and they would tell you, all right, so put your thumb in here. And I said, how do you know if they have the razor blades? They said, well, if you slice your finger, you know. I'm like, can we not have another fail, you know, a fail-safe <laughs> thing? And then I took a gun off a cop, and both sides drew on each other. And that's, again, I realized, I'm not that's even Italian. Not yeah. I'm Jewish. What the hell am I doing? Yeah. I got the hell out. But I was doing all these jobs, but I interned at WFAN Radio right when Mike and the Mad Dog started becoming huge. And it was it was a great time Glorious to be alive time. down there. Yeah. It was great. Glorious and, times. Um, one of my jobs, I my thing is, and for any person who tries to get in the business, they always say, oh, what do you do? Number one, I'm loyal as shit. Number two, I outwork the world, okay? And which both together will overcome any deficit I have in intelligence. Um, and number three, I look to be different. Mm. I never say, oh, I want to be a face in the crowd. I can't I can't catch up with what everybody else has done this business. Um, I've got to do it my way. And a lot of people are afraid to be different. Fuck that. Be different. Be a face. Do not be a face in the crowd. So... At WFAN, when I was interning, I'm like, how could I separate myself from the other interns? So I would ask to do everything. You basically, as an intern, you went to the newsroom and you sat there and you were treated like, you know, crap, which yeah. is great. Go get food. Absolutely, which is great, which you should do. Move up the, the ladder. So I would say, hey, can I go to this boxing press conference? They're like, huh? Yeah, sure. And I would go to like a press conference. I said, can I work the draft? I know football really well. And I, and I would ask them every day. And finally, they were like, yeah, it's okay. You can go. So I was there at the draft. It was in, oh, man, I think it was either in the Marriott Marquis or Madison Square Garden. It was early, 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 early days. Um, Giants drafted Gerard Bunch in the with the 30th pick. Yeah. Right? Um, a fullback. Shaky fr- pick. From Michigan, right? Yeah. Um, who actually lives out here. He's a jiu-jitsu guy out here now, crazy enough. Um, and at one point, Francesca points to me and goes, you, come on, let's go. I'm like, what? And let's go. And I'd take him to the bathroom because he had, you know, three minutes in between breaks or whatever. And I'd take him to the bathroom just to make sure that he got back in time. So I told people that I looked at his schwantz and I was like, wow, it's really impressive because why would I not say that about a guy? I'm not going to sit boss, there. Yeah. yeah. Did I really see his schwantz? No, people. I'm sorry. I didn't. Um, I really didn't. I'm not a, I'm, I don't, I'm not yeah, a dick not watcher. Peaker. However, I did text him the next day because it went crazy. And I texted him and I said, uh, hey, dude, I'm expecting a very, quote, sizable donation to my charity, MVP, and, and 
touchdown this dreams. Re- this was recently. Oh yeah, this was a couple yeah, weeks yeah. ago. The, the day after. Yeah. So with the Super Bowl, I said I, I expect a sizable donation to my charity. You can't buy marketing like this. I wish I had a friend that went on national radio and said I have a huge swatch. Are you yeah. kidding me? Please, can you do? Can I? If I show you right now, would you tell the world? That I have a huge swan. Jay, Jay I saw it before. It was thank, gigantic. Thank There Jesus. you go. For all the ladies listening. So he did he. So he goes, he just writes back, you're crazy. And I said, yep, but a good friend. I expect a sizable donation. I said, Mike, you cannot buy marketing like this. And then he said, I heard you had a Super Bowl party last night here uh, in town. And I'm like, how, what kind of segue is that? So he just tried to get off the subject. But, oh, dude, it was hilarious. And now I wish he had called him and be like, hey, Jay. I heard you were talking about my humongous dick. <laughs> I heard you huge. said it was a huge, it's huge, huge dick. It's Sorry, very, people, very I, big. I'm not a DW. I don't stare at them. <laughs> but I thought it was very funny. And then everybody kind of took it. I'm like, when people write about it, are they being serious? Like, do they think I'm serious? Do they not think I'm serious? You know what? That's Fuck hilarious. It. I like the guy. How many, uh, how many Diet Cokes did you get him when you were interning? Like over or under 5,000? No, I wasn't really allowed in his studio. It was, oh. this was at, at the draft. Get oh, that, no, no, you didn't walk in there. No, no, no. Get, that, get no. that guy out of my studio. Yeah, absolutely. And he and I were not good for a long time. And um, again, because I was... buddies. I was, but I moved up the ladder fast in this business where a lot of the old guys would just kill me and rag on me yeah. and rip on me. And he was with, you know, all of them. And for me, I'm like, shit, I don't care. You're not part of my team. So you, any feuds going these days or no? Mm, Nothing? How many good ones Man. going? Yeah, Seems like you're running. pretty. You're pretty happy. I'm pretty with life lovable now. these days. Yeah, you really are. I'm too worn out. You're in a good place. Yes, I'm in a good place. I'm too lovable place. right now. I'm a lovable person. Anything you want to plug? Got my son's bar mitzvah coming up. Uh, <laughs> oh. Can we do that? April second. Yes. <laughs> hey. Uh, in all that seriousness, that was what I was thinking. In all seriousness, I Chuck Liddell and Heidi. They had a, and his wife Heidi had a wedding recently. The freaking people charged admission, and they had like a couple admission guess, to a wedding. Yes, a couple like celebs, and they charged admission. They put for people to come, and they put like the pseudo celebs in like a roped off area. They freaking sold tickets to this wedding. Some rocker dude. I don't what? Know. Yes, how awesome is that? I'm like, you got to be kidding. Like, oh, they sold tickets to the public for them to come to their wedding. Well, probably that- the nervous thing I ever heard. That was the strangest uh, end of the podcast plug I've Wait, ever heard. I'll give you a plug. I enjoyed it though. Two things. Yeah. One, two charities. If you guys can help me out, yeah. go to merging. Uh, go to uh, vetsandplayers.org. Have a charity called MVP, where I'm trying to take former uh, combat veterans who are struggling and former NFL players who are struggling. I'm matching them up and I'm sending them on these empowerment retreats together to kind of oh, walk the walk together and have a team cool. again. And then also touchdown dreams. As you know, I came in here today. Please go to my Instagram and check out. I want you guys to follow this kid, Logan Nabriga. He is my guy. I have a, dream, a foundation called Touchdown Dreams. And today, Logan, uh, he's 12 years old. Today was his final day. He just beat leukemia for the second time uh, in eight years. It was final infusion. We had a little party for him earlier today, and then I'm bringing him back over to the gym. He doesn't know this, but at 4 o'clock, Gronk's going to go meet him. He's a big Boston guy. So he's going to go over there and meet him and do a bunch of stuff with him also. So that's if you go to uh, Touchdown Dreams, I think it's .org, um, man, I've always, I've fun everything by myself, but I could use as much help as I can. Anybody could possibly give. Can you can you watch out for Gronk? Just make sure he's okay. He's okay. Next, we just we need him for. Well, we have an week, IV bar in September. the gym, so he's good. We're IVing no, just, the hell out of him. Just keep Every him time in he nice, goes out, we IV him. Nice, good shape. He's Dude, taking some hits. Have you met him in person? You've been with him? I've never met him in person, but I know he's gigantic. Dude, 
Honestly, I don't know how anybody would ever cover him. Well, that's why they all dive at his knees. It's ridiculous. How else are you going to tackle him? He is a friggin' monster. And he He was open on the last play. He's doing. He was open on the two point. I think Brady had been beat up so many times in that game. He just missed it or he got blocked there. Who knows? He's doing a, uh, a Nickelodeon show at her kid show. Gronk. All right. Just tell him to stay focused. He's focused. We need a fifth title. Him and Martellus. I like President Tom Brady needs a, needs a fifth. All right. Jay Glazer. This is fun. Yeah, Yeah. it was fun. Am I coming back tomorrow? No, but we, oh. you'll be back. How about, You've earned a repeat about, invite. Hey, did you enjoy Friday? It? Can I come back Friday? Right, Monday? The BS Report. Uh, Tuesday. Can I come back Tuesday? How about Wednesday? We might have what to are add you guys doing Wednesday? We might have to add you to the whole Ringer Podcast I like network. It. I like it, brother. I think I like you need it. one. Uh, we'll be back next week on the BS Podcast. Yeah, enjoy you, the weekend. Enjoy the tournament. Take care. All right. That was awesome. I'm winded. I feel like I could have dug a little bit further on Peyton Manning, but that's fine. We'll get him next time. Thanks to Athletes Collective. If you're tired of wearing big-name sportswear brands across your chest when you work out or play sports and paying full price for them, why not go for high-quality, affordable, and completely unbranded sportswear? No logos. Be an adult, for God's sakes. Go to athletescollective.com and a promo code BS. You'll receive 15% off your first order. Free shipping and returns on all orders to the U.S. or Canada. Athletescollective.com. Thanks to Simply Safe, they'll give you 24-7 award-winning protection for just $14.99 a month with no contracts, no hidden fees, start or cancel service whenever it works for you. Studies show security systems deter burglars at a rate of 90%. For home security you can trust, go to simplysafebill.com and save 10%. Thank you to HBO Now. You don't need cable or satellite to watch HBO anymore. Download the free HBO Now app and start your free one-month trial today. I would advise doing this because... There's going to be something happening on HBO Now next month, and you're going to want HBO Now. Just trust me. I promise you. We may or may not be involved. Uh, Thanks to SeatGeek, the presenting sponsor of the BS Podcast at Channel 33. We love you, SeatGeek. Thanks to The Ringer. Go to theringer.com to sign up for our new newsletter. Uh, We've already done four. There's more coming. They're free. I don't know what you're waiting for. The Ringer. Go do it. Enjoy the weekend. We about this bitch. Anytime y'all want to see me again, rewind this track right here, close your eyes, and picture me rolling.